We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, episode 172 on this opinion brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. I'm Dan Hilton, and after the disheartening conversation that Frances and I got into on our El Clasico review show, it's time for some hope as we enter the new year. And that means I called up my friend Naveed Molagai to update us on what's going on for Barcelona B and the rest of La Masia. Naveed, how have you been? Yeah, hi, Dan. I'm, I'm good. Thanks. And you? I think we're, we're okay. I, I think we're first place at Barcelona for this holiday break. They're in good spot in the Champions League as well. I think the first team just has to take some of the notes from the La Masia teams and start playing the way that Barcelona is supposed to play. So I think it's uh, time to talk about a little bit of hope. And one of the things that does give me hope and where we start this show is not really even in La Masia anymore, but in the first team. Ansu Fadi, the youngest to score an assist in a Liga match, the third youngest goal scorer in the Liga history, the youngest goal scorer in Barcelona history, the second youngest debutant in Barcelona history, the youngest in Barcelona history to play in the Champions League. I'm almost done. <laughs> the youngest goal scorer in Champions League history and the first player born in 2002 to play in the Liga. Now, I don't want to uh, tap us on the back and compliment us, Naveed, but you and I, since you first came on our program in 2017, we've been talking and discussing Ansu Fadi and just how special of a talent he was. And he's still just 17 years old. He turned 17 a few, uh, just about two months ago. And yet he's almost becoming not what we expected him to be because I don't think we could even expect that he would skyrocket the first team in the way that he did. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely did not expect him to have the season that he's currently having. Um, I mean, it's it's simply like it's never happened before that that a talent just jumps through to the first team like that. He, I mean, he's, he's never even been called up for the B team, like for an official game. He played... He played a couple of B games during the preseason where he scored like three or four goals and was extremely impressive and he even played as a striker, as a nine. And he was just scoring like headers, left-footed, left long-shot goals. And, and he was pretty incredible. And then he got up with the first team for a couple of training, season, training sessions and like hasn't looked back since. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Like just to put it in perspective, like Messi, like Messi, he played 30-something games for Barca B and Barca C. Uh, before before he got a shot at the first team like Iniesta, Xavi, like all these players, Busquets, like they like they they played at least 25, 30 games for the for the reserves before getting to play with the with the big boys, and it's it's so impressive. And like 
um it's i don't even know like in which other way to describe it like it's just it's it's unheard of and it's extremely impressive and and it's it's even more impressive that he's uh, managed to just continue and to continue to impress actually yeah it is pretty incredible and it is interesting the juxtaposition between that and the Ricky Pooh situation where he's been, I, I mean, of what I've seen of him this year, I've seen him in about seven or eight matches. So I have watched a considerable amount of Barcelona B. Uh, and I can say, I mean, he's as ready as you could possibly be. I think if anything, his form and the way he's been playing in the third division, because he's, he really has gotten used so much to the third division, it's almost, I, in my opinion, stalling his growth. And he's of an age now where it's time for first team football. And if it doesn't come at Barcelona, you really do, even though he says he wants to stay at the club, that's really the worry that he has to go out on loan. He has to be playing at a higher level. And it is a funny thing that as much as Valverde is giving Fadi his opportunities, that midfield is just so congested at the first team because Rakitic and Vidal were never sold in the way that one of them at least was expected to be sold over the summer. So that means Pooh just, there are no minutes to go around for, you know, barely any minutes for Lenya anyway. He was, he was frozen out for three months. So where is Pooh's going to get minutes? And uh, that is, unfortunately, Navid, a little bit of a different situation. Yeah, I mean, as unprecedented as Ansu's situation has been, uh, as unprecedented has Riki's situation been, because, I mean, he has shown so much for the B team. He's shown so much quality. Uh, he's shown that he's developed the way he should have been developing. He's like he's impressing every, sim- in, every single week. He's done so well in in the first team. Uh, matches that he's gotten and uh, and it's just it's just unheard of that he that's such a like a player that has so, shown so much for the B team over over a couple of seasons hasn't gotten an actual opportunity for the first team yet I mean he's like I saw some like some some Barca like one one Barca historian uh, Angel Ituaraga uh, like he said that Ricky has shown a lot more than Iniesta ever shown at at the B team like in terms of achievements uh, so like it's just he should have been he should have been with the first team uh, like uh, he should have been with the first team since since the summer and I'm not saying that Ricky has more potential or whatever than Iniesta but like in terms of what they've shown at the B team and the fact that he's turning 21 next year um, he, he has to play first team football somewhere and and the worrying thing is that he'll He'll be loaned out to some club that doesn't suit him, and then he won't develop the right way, and then it's then the window has closed. Like just just with Sergi Samper, who also stayed too long for the first uh, too long with the B team, and in the end was ruined by injuries and by very very bad loan deals. So I think I think Vicky, I think he's pretty precautious in terms of like just accepting whatever the club is throwing at him if there's no room for the first team, and and it's so weird because like the club should be pushing him forward like also in terms of of course in terms of on pitch like he's he's such a talented footballer but also in terms of off the pitch like he could he would almost immediately become like a star a personality like a, a pr machine for the club <laughs> and it's That's true i just i i have absolutely no idea why why they're like i i obviously i have an idea like valverde just don't want to get rid of a couple of old midfielders who who I don't think would com- can contribute as much over a season. So I think that's the problem. Like we just have to get rid of some players. Yeah, right. It's just too congested at the top. Um, so before we get to some of the other Barcelona B players I want to talk about, um, while we're on the topic of exodus from the club, 
the recent news from Lamassi is that Juan Larios, who's playing for Cadet A, that he's a left back, 15 years old, was considered one of the more promising, not just left backs, but players in La Masia. Uh, he's reportedly going to Manchester City when he turns 16 in January. And we would be regressed to mention, actually, since you last came on at the end of last season, that Rural Moro, who we had spoken about, he's moved to Lazio, the uh, Lazio's U19s in Italy. And then, obviously, very uh, well-known Xavi Simons has headed to PSG, which was not a surprising move considering the way that it all transpired. We had spoken about, Frances and I on the show, about his motivations and why he left, but we don't need to focus too much on Simons. As we and you and I had spoken about, he wasn't even necessarily the first choice midfielder when he was playing as, even though he was at times captain of the Cadet A squad, he wasn't necessarily, you know, the, the shining example of a midfielder on that team. There was a lot of talented players on that team. So he did go to PSG. And I said, Juan Lario situation, it's just unfortunate because it is another young player now, this time going to Manchester City to join Eric Garcia and Adrian Bernabe. Yeah. Um, yeah, Juan is a, he's a, he's a good player, definitely. Um, but fortunately, fortunately, the amount of talented left backs that, that are being produced in La Masia these days are absolutely ridiculous. And frankly, uh, I don't think that he's better than Alejandro Balde, for example. So I think it makes complete sense that he sees this competition and he sees that um, like the, the first team they sign a very talented left back from, from outside, even though they have a very talented left back. Uh, on the B team, they had a very talented left back. On the B team, Juan Miranda, they signed a very talented left back from Betis Junior, and they also have a very talented under 19s left back, uh, Alejandro Balde. Uh, so I think he, like he saw the situation and thought, mm, I'll probably get better chances at Man City, where I'm, where I'm definitely going to be the most promising left back in the academy um, outside the first team, and I'll get. I'll get some chances around the first team, like before I turn 19, for example. And and at the same time, I don't think the club will uh, like will try to go a long way to persuade him to stay because they see that they have got this position covered for the future. Um, but he is definitely a great, great, great talent. Like he's he's a very technical, very technical, almost midfield like left back. While Alejandro Balde is a bit more dynamic and vertical. Um, uh, Larios is a bit more horizontal, and um, but but he's also been a, he's also been he's been injured a lot. Although he's he's had a very good season this year, where he's been playing with Juvenil B, uh, where he should be playing with Cadet A every every week. He's been playing with Juvenil B, just as Alejandro Balde has been playing with the A team. Um, but but I would I would I would I would put my bet on Alejandro Balde to become the better player, but. I completely understand the, the decision for Larios to leave. He's a he's a he's a nice kid, and and I also know that he's very interested in like uh, the NBA and other American sports. So I would assume that his his English is pretty well, is pretty good as well. So that I don't think he will he'll have a hard time adapting at City. I think it's a great move for him. Yeah, that's an interesting note as well, Naveed. Good on you. And I, before we continue on with the left backs, I want to speak about a few players for Barcelona B now. Hiroki Abe, uh, never really a La Masia talent, uh, just came in for Barcelona B uh, from Japan. And, you know, I don't want you to mention, we don't need to talk about Kubo at all on this show. Naveed, you know our new rule after he uh, signed for Real Madrid, now on loan with Mallorca. Uh, but if, as far as Japanese talent, you know, Abe was not considered to be the same talent that Kubo was 
but it seems like Abe is actually really finding his feet and getting better with Barcelona B. He's currently playing for Pimienta as a false nine, which again, that's the roses to it. The thorn is that Abe Ruiz, still just 19, of all the years we've been talking about Abe Ruiz, he's still just 19 years old, still just a teenager. He has been relegated to either the wing or coming off the bench, which doesn't seem to be a place that he enjoys. So Abe Ruiz looks like he may be heading out on loan. And then I just want to spoke, speak about the futures and where you see uh, the progress of, of Alex Callado and Manchu as well, two of the more important influential players for Barcelona B. Um, I, think, I think unlike Abel Ruiz, I think that uh, Collado and Manchu um, will continue at the club after January. Uh, I think Abel's situation is, is pretty bad. Um, he... He just he's just not taking off, um, and 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 as soon as as soon as Abel started scoring some goals, like he was just regularly benched. Abel and he uh, Abel he scored he scored two goals last weekend, uh, but like yesterday for example, I think Pimienta just made some terrible decisions uh, yesterday in a game away game against Olot, which Barca B lost one nil. Like Abel wasn't wasn't doing well and 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 Barca B clearly needed a nine like that they could like they could send ball, long balls up against like the pitch was terrible they couldn't play the kind of football you'd like to play with a with a false nine in Segunda B um and and Abel played uh, Abel Ruiz played very well there last season away on the same pitch uh, but but Pimienta waited until the 80 87th minute to put on Abel um and and Barca B were actually the the most dangerous throughout the game, like in the last in the last ten minutes, where Araujo was playing as a nine, basically, and then Abel also came and they and they became even more dangerous. So I think I think Pimienta made a wrong decision yesterday, but but Abel is definitely leaving. Um, he's just not taking off the way we had all hoped. Um, like there are some rumors that Barca only want to sell with a buyback clause, and that uh, Valencia and Sporting, Sporting Lisbon are interested and like I think that he has to leave to find himself like find like just find himself like find the best version of himself because it's just not cutting for him like he's just not doing well enough at Barca B you, you yeah, just got to be real about it he's just not doing well enough yeah I agree and maybe going home to Valencia remember he's from the Valencian community so yeah uh, going home to Valencia might be a helpful thing for him but where Pimienta hasn't been able to help Alvaro Ruiz uh, we're going to go back to talking about left backs because the Pimienta has been able to not only incorporate the left back that came over from Rayo Vallecano, that's 22-year-old Sergio Akame, but also 17-year-old Mika Marmol, who's been playing in the UEFA Youth League, also with Juvenile A. He's been getting some appearances recently, the 17-year-old for Barcelona B, and he's been breaking in there. So Marmol has, I think, for me, at least been a pleasant surprise. He wasn't a player that, when last year when I went through all those La Masia profiles, Marmol was not one of the ones that I highlighted or that jumped out on the page because, obviously, Alejandro Balde is playing with Juvenile A, uh, could be playing with Juvenile Bay. He is just one year younger than Marmol as a 16-year-old, so he was the one that we had earmarked there. But I think Marmol has stepped up in that position. Now, I do want to focus on a player, I think, as well as we had said, Ansu Fadi was basically our La Masia player of the year last year, you know, not that's discounting Pooj because he was playing with Barca B. I guess we might have to discount another guy playing for Barca B, but who should be playing with the Juvenile A still, and that is Jandro Oriana, 
And Oriana, 10 Barcelona B appearances already this year. He still did start the season playing with in one UEFA Youth League match before Pimienta said, no, no, this guy is Barcelona B material. And for me, I think he's been the best talent of La Masia so far. He's, I think, really showing himself well. But you also do almost put an asterisk next to it that he's also already 19. So it's not like he's he's the same age as Abra Ruiz. So it's not like he's completely hidden. But uh, I think Oriana had just been really fantastic this year playing both as a defensive midfielder, maybe that's going to be his possession, uh, best position at the first team. But more recently, he's been playing farther up the field as almost an attacking midfielder, and that has suited him as well. Uh, so Oriana, for me, has, I think, been the most uh, accomplished La Masia talent. Yeah, Oriana is a, is a very, very interesting talent. Like His 17-18 his season was ruined by injuries at Juvenile. So they decided to, to keep him at Juvenile last season, where he played as a 10. Like he was playing as an attacking midfielder. And I w- I've always been used to seeing him as a defensive midfielder, and he was just he was just bossing at at attacking midfielder, like scoring a lot of goals and assisting a lot of goals, and he uh, was doing very very well. So like for this season, we knew that he was gonna uh, feature more for Barca B, and it was time for him to play with Barca B, uh, and he hadn't been injured all that season, so that was also a good sign. And then when he started playing this season, like he was he was coming coming off the bench. Normally, Pimienta would start the, the the Dutch signing Ludovic Reis and giving him some minutes, but he was just he was just not doing well in the in the in his in this new system for and it didn't work out for him. So, and since Pimienta started started with Jandro in the lineup, the the Barca B midfield just improved so much. Like you would you would think that it would be very strong already with Ricky Manchu and even Collado as well, but like when Jandro came in, like he made sure that the defensive part and the defensive build-up part was intact so that Manchu and Ricky could focus on attack. And we've already seen Ricky and Manchu score and assist a lot more this season than they did last season. Like, Manchu, Manchu for most of all the games, is actually the most dangerous Barca B player. Um, at least that was before before Hiroki Abe started his goal-scoring goal streak. But, but like, Jandro has really, really balanced the team in a perfect sense. And... And we saw yesterday again that uh, that when when Jandro is not in in the midfield, the game is is always awful for Barca B. Uh, Ludovic Reis started again yesterday. Like it was a Garcia Pimenta, he thinks like very primitively for these games. Like he just he just sees a difficult away opponent opponent in a bad pitch, and then he puts on Reis instead of Jandro. Reis was a bit more experienced, a bit older, um, and a bit more physical. But but Barca B are terrible whenever he's on the pitch. Like they they don't combine well. And and yesterday when Jandro came on, um, he came on with 15 minutes to go and and improved the team immediately. Um, he's done he's done extremely well. And and like he's not a he's not a flashy player. Like he he plays the simple passes and he makes the team function. Um, I think I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see how he'll adapt to the first team chances that he is eventually going to get I think I think I think it'll be interesting to see how he he manages physically but like he's he's such a smart 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 kid uh, he's a he's like an exemplum he's an he's an exemplary how do you say it? like he's an, he's the ideal Barca midfielder whether you use him as a pivote or central midfielder uh, he's um, he's very very interesting and and been and been very exciting to to watch this season yeah, it's been interesting that when Reis was uh, brought to Barcelona B, 
some of the things that were said about him was he was an Arturo Vidal type midfielder, which is always a surprising thing for Barcelona to go out and get that kind of profile. But yeah, it's been great to watch our Oriana's development, uh, and I hope that he's uh, another one that's really banging on the door next. And it's it's no offense to Manchu and Callado. I, I think, as I've said, the same thing about Carlos Perez. I think these are first team talents almost anywhere. But whether or not they're, they're able to break through to Barcelona's first team in a way that Fati has and that I truly believe that Puj has, I do actually put Oriana in that category that I think after Puj, I would say that he's the most likely to, to, to knock into the first, onto the first team door. Yeah. And that, that might be another year or two. But uh, Yeah, and, and, and like I think, uh, I think Jandro has more potential than Collado and Manchu for the first team. Um, I, think, I think Collado and Manchu, this is their, this is their last season for, for Barca B, and I think that they yeah. will leave on loan next summer. Like if I had to, if I had to guess, because they're not going to leave permanently, they're... Uh, they have they have long term contracts and the club definitely would like to would like them to stay and I think they 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 see themselves as as having a chance for the first team long term but but I I mean I mean if if there's no room for Ricky to to be promoted right now or if there's no room for Alenia to get a lot of minutes right now there's definitely no room for Collado and Manchu um, yeah, so they have sure. to go on loan and I think I think they could be loaned out to any La Liga side and 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 hopefully. Do pretty well, like just like a mid-table La Liga side. I think they would do well, both of them. Like in in two very different ways. Like Collado is a it's a pretty individualistic uh, attacking midfielder, while while Manchu is like he likes to lay deep and just like play play great long balls uh, and and also get inside the box and be pretty dangerous. Like he's he's a bit of more of an organizer, while Collado is a, a much more attacking individualistic player. So now we're going to be moving from play, from talking about Barcelona B and a little bit of Juvenil A. We're going to really focus on the Juvenil A today, uh, or the Juvenil A now. And unfortunately, that means we have to bring up the UEFA Youth League, where Barcelona did not do so great, to put it lightly. They lost five of the six UEFA Youth League matches this season. That doesn't mean, though, there hasn't been promising players. Uh, now we're going to start by talking about the opposite ends of the pitch. We'll talk about Louis Barry who, unfortunately, because of paperwork, because of uh, he's coming from the UK, he came from West Brom over the summer, it took a long time for his paperwork to be completed, and that means that Juvenil A, and for the time being, was under Victor Valdez before Valdez was dismissed. And it's funny, since I spoke to you last, Naveed, Victor Valdez both came to Juvenil A and then was released and uh, fired from Juvenil A all in that same time period to tell you just how short of a time that he was with the club. And then on the other side of the pitch, though, in a very promising way, uh, Arnaud Tanas, the goalkeeper that is basically behind uh, Iñaki Pena for Barcelona B. Uh, Tanas is just the next in a line of Barcelona keepers that unfortunately may not be able to upseat Marc-Andre Ter Stegen or get minutes for the next few seasons. But Tanas, I think, has been uh, one of the few bright spots of the UEFA Youth League campaign for the Juvenil A, or the U19s, if you will, that, again, is no longer under the care of Victor Valdez. Yeah, I mean, the whole Valdez situation was a bit of a farce. I mean, he arrived at the club, and, and immediately from day one, he he noticed that the uh, that that his bosses were actively working against him and didn't really want him. Uh, apparently, he was Bartomeu signing, but... But after the board member in charge of La Masia, uh, Xavi Villa Joana, uh, like made a new position at the club, uh, like a director, a La Masia director position at the club, and hired Cloyvert, uh, like Valdez just noticed that that those two didn't want him at the club, 
Uh, so there were a lot of off-pitch uh, issues, um, and and yeah, it ended up pretty badly with Valdez leaving. And 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 he started pretty well in the league with the team, but in the youth league, the team was a bit too inexperienced. And despite a couple of good games, they lost the first two games. Um, and uh, then Valdez was sacked, and Frank Artica, uh, who is also like, for me, he's the best La Masia coach. Um, and and he was he was appointed couldn't couldn't stay on the sidelines uh, for a couple of months because Valdez wasn't technically sacked at that point or there was some bureaucratic issues um, so he had to coach the team from the from the stands and and yeah they they won away against the big surprise of the group Slavia Prague who were very strong like they beat them four 0 away so that was very positive but then at home they they led at halftime but ended up losing against them uh, and they also lost against against Inter and Dortmund at home so like it was it was it was very it was a very disappointing youth league campaign um but but like I would just I would just put the blame on the on the very bad situation outside the pitch for for Junile and 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 then I mean they were good in some games and where they didn't deserve to lose but but I mean they also had an had an extremely difficult group Inter and Dortmund are very strong as always and then Prague were a great surprise actually so yeah so yeah I mean and, and now they can just focus on the league instead where they're actually first against uh, like above of Saragossa and Espanyol uh, who have two extremely good generations coming through so that's that's a great positive yeah so let's do almost a quick fire uh, I'm basically for the rest of the show for Juvenil A the Juvenil yeah. Bay and the Cadet A we're basically going to do uh, maybe give us about two sentences on every of the players that I, that I named. Uh, I know that's going to be really tough. <laughs> I know it's going to, I know it's a big challenge, but we're going to see, uh, just, I just want to break through as many names as we possibly can. So we're going to start with the two names I already mentioned in Arnaud Tanas. He's been good, correct? Yes. He's the best goalkeeper I've, I've seen in La Masia. And I think that sums up what we've seen from him. Uh, would you consider him more of a shot stopping goalkeeper or more of uh, somebody like Ter Stegen who relies on reflexes? Mm-hmm. Both. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's 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 actually pretty ridiculous. His only disadvantage is his physique. Like he's he's not that tall. Yeah. Um. But but he's. I mean, he's a he's he's a he's also a madman. Like he, like he he just he doesn't care. Like he just want to play the way that he plays, and he, um, like he he'll like he'll make a silly mistake with his feet, and then he'll try the exact same move after kickoff like after if they concede a goal from his mistake he'll do the exact same thing mm-hmm. like it's he's very very identical to to Valdez um he's he I I mean what probably the greatest shame of Valdez leaving is that he he can't coach uh, tennis anymore yeah uh, and I think Valdez absolutely loved him um he's He's constantly shouting in every single game. So he and I think he has more potential than Iñaki Peña, even though that Iñaki Peña is is very very talented. I think that uh, Tenas uh, is more lucky with timing as well, but because because Tershagen is going to stay for so many years still. Um, mm-hmm. So so Tenas, I hope that he'll have time to also challenge Tershagen because I think that he has potential to become Barca's even Barca captain for the first team. I think. So as unfortunate as we talked about Alba Ruiz and the future of the number nine position at Barcelona, Louis Barry came over from West Brom because I think Barcelona, La Masia felt like there was a need at that position. So Louis Barry, after all this time, has really only been playing for a little over a month now since his paperwork was completed, but he has started to bang in goals and look a little more promising. 
yeah, he's adapting. He 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 won't start in the most important games. Uh, he he'll come off the bench and and where he has been uh, pretty good, he scores some goals coming off the bench. And he's like the second youngest player of the squad, and he's still adapting. New country, new like new everything. Um, so yeah, he's adapting. Uh, I hope that he has a good uh, mentality off the pitch. Uh, I hope that he he has a good training. Training discipline, work ethic, uh, because he's gonna need it, and hopefully from next season onwards, he's gonna start for for the under 19s. Yeah, and he was a player that I I hope that we speak about him again in much better light over the summertime as well. Now another guy I have to mention here. I can't believe we got all the way through you know 25 or so minutes without talking about Es Mariba. Other than Ansu Fadi, he's the name that you and I have been now speaking about for about two years. We were really afraid that he wasn't going to resign last January when he turned 16, but he's been lighting it up for Juvenil A, and he actually was a part of that drama with Victor Valdez when apparently Valdez just you know didn't really find him to be useful for giving him his Barcelona B debut. So, but Mariba, I I mean he actually I, we are recording this about a week before it's going to come out, so when you have it in your ears, we we pre-recorded it. So uh, just yesterday, Mariba had a pretty unbelievably sensational solo goal where he went by a few defenders and then just popped it right over the goalkeeper. Do you think that Mariba this season has just been down to the highlights again, or do you think he's been putting in the full 90-minute performances that we know that he's capable of? I mean, I mean, he's been a pretty dominant player at the beats, at the on the 19s. Uh, he's also got his Barca B debut. Um, it was a big shame with what happened with Valdez. I mean, Valdez really used him in... In many weird positions, like in attack and stuff, um, during the preseason and the, in in the first games of of the season, and then he benched him once. Um, and Elish, apparently, that's what the reports say that Elish, together with his parents, they went up to Clivert Valdez's boss and and complained over Valdez. Which, to be fair, to to be honest, I'm I'm not sure if that's the right way to go, but. But in any case, that's the past, and he's he's doing extremely well. Uh, that goal yesterday was ridiculous. I, I, I mean, I can only encourage everyone to go watch it. Like even the first team accounts tweeted it in, in both mm-hmm. in English and Spanish, like Twitter accounts. Um, and uh, yeah, he has he has some great qualities. But but actually, it's funny uh, because like for the Barca B talented midfielders. They're not in. There's not any room for for the for, in the first team for them and for the under 19 talented midfielders. There's not any room for, on the B team for them. So Elijah has been playing. He's gotten a couple of games for Barca B this season, but unless unless some bad injuries happen or unless I don't know a shock in a like in a shocking event that Ricky Puch will be promoted in January, I don't think Elijah will will be important for the B team until next season. But he's definitely he's playing well, and and I don't think that we should uh, forget the other extremely talented midfielder of the team, Nico Gonzalez, um, whom I personally more like in terms of style. I think he's more the kind of smart Barca DNA midfielder, like the kind of midfielder that I really like, um, and he's also been <laughs> extremely good this season. Um, I tweeted a video of his, like a a, sh- a short highlight video of his. From this season and 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 a bit from last season as well. Like he's he's very interesting as well. So I think he's gonna compete with Elish for Barca B, a Barca B starting place next season. Yeah. So now I'm gonna give you just a list of the rest of the names from the Juvenil A squad, and I'm gonna have you basically pick 
out who stood out to you among this list. These are all players that we've basically mentioned before with a few new names here. So uh, first, I'm going to mention Jaume Jardy, who's always at the tops of the La Masia scoring charts, but Jardy moving up from Juvenile Bay. He, unlike as we mentioned about Pablo Moreno uh, in the past, he stayed at the club then alongside him on the wing, Conrad De La Fuente, who's also been breaking into Barcelona B, it should be mentioned, the U.S. player who, you know, we've spoken about him on the in the past as well. He's decision-making, I think, has to improve. He showed up at the, at the U-20 World Cup over the summer for the U.S. that, you know, I got to see him uh, much closer there. I think his decision-making needs to get better, but he certainly has the physical tools and he's adding to finishing products, so it's good for De La Fuente. And then Gerard Fernandez, who is the number nine for the Juvenal A team, 17-year-old, who came over from Cornea. He returned after leaving in 2016. So Gerard Fernandez, that's why you keep seeing that name on the score sheet. He's been now the number nine for the Juvenal Oz. Uh, you mentioned Nico Gonzalez. So we also have to mention the defensive midfielder in the Juvenal A team, and that's Alvaro Sanz, as well as we did already mention the left back as well, Alejandro Balde. And then the two new center backs for the Juvenal A team are Xavier Mboyamba, the 17-year-old from the Netherlands, and then Igor, the 18-year-old from Brazil. That is the consistent they, they have not started every game together but they, that is a consistent Juvenal A center back pairing so of all the names I just threw at you I know it's a lot Naveed uh just you can pick and choose uh which of those names again many that we've mentioned before but some new names as well that have impressed you with Juvenal A yeah uh, Conrad um I don't know if you've seen it but uh, Ferran Martinez of Mundo Deportivo uh, just wrote today that that Conrad has rejected Barca's latest renewal offer and could be leaving in January which is a shame, um, but uh, I don't think that he's as like like even close to being as talented as Antu and as Ansu, for example. Um, and and there are other good good wingers and strikers on the team as well. So it would be a shame to lose him. But uh, but I think but yeah, I think I think there are other good players as well. Uh, among them, Jaume Jardy, who has been impressive in his first year at Juvenile, playing slightly out of position at at right wing, like it's. I don't even know if he's better if he's best at, at right wing or uh, center forward, but but he's been doing well. Like he's he he cannot he's only able to score screamers from outside the box so for whatever whatever reason. Like he has probably the best left foot of of La Masia. Uh, Gerard Fernandez, uh, I like to call him Peke. That's his nickname, Peke, like because he's so small. Um, he's he's been very impressive as well. Like he he returned after being. Uh, like after being gone from La Masia from for a few years, he was at, at Cornea. He, he has returned and done very well. Like he's a like he's both a false nine, but also a normal striker. Even though he's so small, uh, he's very very smart off the ball. Uh, I like like I like his style a lot, and I I hope that unlike like the the more normal nines that come through La Masia and have all these kind of difficulties when they reach senior football, I hope that Peke will will prove to be uh, will prove to be a different from from Rose when he when he reaches Barca B. Alvaro Sanz is a good midfielder but I think that he'll be the victim of other very talented midfielders coming through the club. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of the 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 center backs, Xavi and Buyamba has definitely been the best of of the two signings. I, I've seen people say that he's like he's just he's too good for Juvenile already so uh, I think that he'll 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 be playing with Barca B next season. Uh, Igor I haven't seen much of him actually but 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 Mbuyamba has been has been more impressive when I've when I've seen the two together. He's very tall, uh, like physically, he's just a beast, and he's also pretty dangerous in um, uh, in the box on set pieces. Yeah, he does remind me a bit of uh, Araujo with the B team. Yeah, yeah I, I see comparisons there. 
Well, let's go down to the Hubenau Bay level uh, now. Again, Balde did start there and has been moving up to the Hubenau A level. Um, but the guy that I've earmarked that I've I've only been able to see the Hubenau Bays. Uh, I, I caught them once on one of the feeds that Barca posted. So uh, Shus Alba for me has been the most impressive. Uh, seven goals for him this season. But he, I think, with the Hubenau Bay team, it is a lot of a team concept. There are different players. Again, at that age, we're talking 16 and 17 year olds. You know, from game to game, you have another player being the best player on the pitch. So it depends on the games that you're even tuning into and watching. So along with uh, Chus Alba in the midfield, the Moroccan left winger I really liked, Zakarias Gailan, a 17-year-old, Jorge Alastui, who was the captain of Cadet A last year. We've spoken about him on the show as well. 16 now this year. Brian Pena, who remained with Juvenal Bay after playing with them last year. 17-year-old who last season was his first year for in La Masia, having come over from Espanol. And then the two attackers in Fermin Lopez and Leo Dos Reis, both of them 16 years old, uh, Dos Reis the number nine, Lopez more of the kind of do-everything attacker can play on the wing, can play uh, as an attacking midfielder. But of all those names too, uh, Navid, which one would you like to update on and which one has impressed you at the Juvenil Bay level? Uh, I think Zacharias Gailan has been the most impressive attacker. Uh, he, he's also played a bit for the for Juvenil A, where he actually scored this weekend, um, coming on coming on off the bench. So that's already competition for someone like Louis Barry, um, who is the same age. Uh, and uh, otherwise, like the team is just a, is a great collective. Uh, they're they're first in the league with with uh, thirty five points, just one point down to Sabadei and Girona. Um, they've lo- they've drawn quite a few games, but but they've only lost one and 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 one ten and like their goal difference is is twenty six. They've scored they they've scored forty four goals in sixteen games, so they they score a lot of goals and uh, the, their top scorer is uh, Diego Lopez, um, who is I mean he's he's not that impressive individually, but he just scores a lot of goals. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how how long he's gonna make it in the system, but. Uh, he at least he scores like he, he does his job so hopefully he'll continue he's benched Le, um, Leo Dos Reis permanently yeah Dos Reis he's he's a bit of a tank uh, I'm not sure he fits the uh, the profile that the, that that the club would like for a nine and and yeah Jorge Alastue definitely the most talented midfielder of the gen- this generation like when Xavi Simons left like I mean <laughs> Xavi is is a great talent but not but not near uh, Alastue. Unfortunately, with Alastue, he's been out for a year now uh, because of an ACL tear, so and he's not come back yet. It's pretty a bit worrying uh, that he hasn't been able to come back uh, this season yet. Um, so we're all just awaiting his comeback and to see how he how he returns. Chus Alba has been the dominant midfielder of the team. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a good team, and of course with Juan Larios playing well as well at. A left back, um, but it's it's more of a collective. Um, mm-hmm. They have, but but they also have a, a couple of other good individuals. The, we signed a left left centre back from Mallorca, uh, Chadi Riyad. Chadi, yeah, if I if I remember correctly, Chadi Riyad, a left-footed Moroccan uh, centre back um, who who was apparently one of the most promising left centre backs of Spain. Um, he's done very well. I've seen some. I've seen some games of his. Like he, technically, he's he's just absolutely brilliant for a, for a center back. And so hopefully he can make it far in the system. It would be, it would be nice to develop a, a very strong left center back for once. 
Um, yeah. But but yeah, but most of all, this team is a great collective. Fermin Lopez, he he's not playing that much, unfortunately. He's super talented, but um, he's having a very diff- difficult first juvenil year. He's just so small. It's right. it's painful to see because he's so talented. But maybe 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 it'll maybe he'll miraculously uh, just like Rocket in, in the next years, like Ricky, uh, Ricky Pooch, uh, who didn't play that much for Hovnil B in his first Hovnil B year, or he had some difficulties because of physique as well. But but yeah, this team is definitely based more on collective than like individual superstars. And they were, this is the group that were that talented kid at Ah squad from a year ago. Uh, so I do yeah. want to then end this show. Well, we'll end the show with one player from the infantile level, but we're going to end this segment by talking about the kid at Oz. Uh, so I want to say that the current leader for La Masia goals, that is a cadet A player, and that is Angel Alarcon. He's got 14 goals, does the, all these players that I'm mentioning now 15 years old as well. Uh, some other, the attackers with Alarcon, Ilias Akamash, a uh, 15-year-old with six goals. Diego Almeida is the center back who we have actually mentioned before. He was playing up a level with the Get Oz already last year, so he's returning to the Get Oz level. He's also uh, breaking into Hubinel Bay, as well as a player who has made the jump to Cadet Ah that we would want to talk about, also 15 years old, but on the younger side of 15, is Pablo Gabi, as what you'll see is him as Gabi Paez. He has been pretty fantastic as well. So those are the four names for Cadet Ah that I just wanted to earmark. And Naveed, you know, I'll give you your platform, let you go in the Cadet Ah, and if there's any names you want to mention as well, you can throw them in the in the, in the ring. Yeah, I think... Um, I think... Uh, Ilias and Gavi are probably the two talents that I'm mostly excited about uh, at the entire academy. Uh, like maybe if I had to choose five on all levels, like they would be among them. And if I had to choose, like no, no, I mean they're they're just ridiculous. I, I asked the former Lamasia coach uh, a few months ago, like who are the best players that you've coached? Uh, who are the most talented players that you've coached? And one of the players, like he mentioned, five or six. One of the players was Gavi. Um, and uh, yeah, Pablo Paez, Gavi, his nickname is Gavi for whatever reason, uh, and like two-footed, uh, typical Barca midfielder who's just um, absolutely ridiculous. Like his technique is 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 super. Um, like his 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 close control is ridiculous, and technically he's he's what everything you'd expect of a of a of a midfielder. He's still a bit small, but he's just. He's so fast and tiny that the opponents they barely notice him before he's just he's 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 already beaten them. Um, so he's extremely he, like he's someone him and and Elias like I just pray to God that that the club will manage to renew them because they're one hundred percent they have first team potential. Elias uh, was uh, extremely mentioned in the media because of a. Uh, because of a major screw up by the La Masia director Patrick Kluivert, he said in an interview he said something about Ricky that he wasn't ready for the first team and he should be loaned out. Uh, but he, then he also said that oh, and I found the next Messi in La Masia, like just out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> he just said that he he has found the next Messi in La Masia, and and then journalists f- uh, found out that that the player that he was talking about was Elias. Like like those of us who follow like these teams very closely, we know about Elias's qualities. Like he's exploded in the last couple of years, 
especially last season that was his breakthrough he joined two or three years ago but like he's not an attacker like he's not he's not he's not a he's not a striker or a winger he's I mean, he's just every he's 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 a bit of everything, but he is that unplayable left-footed attacking player, but but not like Messi. And like, why would you even com- why would you even compare one of your youth yeah. players who whom you're going to go into contract negotiations negotiations with in a moment with Messi? Like, it's something you would expect of someone who's making like silly YouTube compilations and making these titles, <laughs> like Elias Achumash, the Moroccan Messi or something. Right. Yeah. But in any, I mean, if you just if we just look past like. Clivert's uh, mistakes. Uh, Elias is a <laughs> he's um, a machine, um, and he's absolutely unplayable. He could be playing regularly with the Juvenil Bay, I'm sure. Um, so that, I think that's just a matter of time before maybe he'll even skip Juvenil Bay next season because he's just a ridiculous talent. Both yeah. him and Gavi are extremely, extremely impressive, and I just hope, like more than any other player this season, more than any other cadet player this season, I hope that that those two will stay. Um, and Diego Almeida is, together with Landry Fare, who is with the uh, Infantil A, uh, they're, they're the, he's, the, he's the best centre-back in the academy. And those two are the best centre-backs in the academy. So yeah, I also hope that he'll stay. Um, he, a very aggressive, dynamic back, uh, very great on the ball as well. Yeah, and it is interesting that we've been talking about. There is a much more ma- Moroccan flair to La Masia this year. Some of the best products, as we mentioned, coming over from Mallorca was was Chadley, as well as Elias, and then Gailan that we spoke about as well, all being a Moroccan talents that we did not mention even a year ago. Uh, so it's nothing to it, just an interesting thing to note. And the final thing, just an interesting thing to note, Playing at the infantile levels, both between the A and the Bay, is Lamine Yamal. It's a last name we'll mention here on the show. Again, you're not going to earmark him for greatness. I always, as we mentioned, the younger they get, the more and more I tiptoe. That's why we stop at Cadet A when they're about 15 years old, because even that's too young. But you do see in the UK and you do see around, even in France, you will see 15 or 16-year-olds making debuts for first teams. Like Ansu Fadi made his debut when he was 16. So that's why we do mention even the Juvenile Bay and Cadet A's, because they, in theory, are players that uh, in other first teams around the world might get a, a debut. But uh, for Lamine Yamal, he's nowhere near a first team debut for anybody. But I do want to mention that his 68 goals total at the Inventil level puts him third on the list behind Takafuso Kubo and Pablo Moreno at that level, as well as being just in front of Ansu Fadi on that list. So Lamine Yamal, just at least at the Infantile level, that's as far as we're going to say uh, he has been lighting it up. So that's the final note I want to end with there, Naveed, right? Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, this this is his first year as a as a as an eleven uh, like football eleven player, like eleven aside pitch player. Uh, he was playing seven aside last season for Alvine, so he should be like adapting to football eleven this year, especially given his size. He's not that big, <laughs> but even despite that, already in October, like maybe it was even I think it was the second or third round league round, he was playing and starring for Infantil A playing against kids two years older than him and, and like at least at least 10, 15 centimeters taller than him. Um, and he was just running rings around them. Uh, he has, um, like if, like if, if any YouTuber would be as smug, like, like just like searching for clickbaits and whatever, and they wanted to compare him with someone, that's someone you could compare with Messi. Uh, like if, if Cloy would want to compare someone with Messi again in, in two, three years, that's someone you can actually compare with Messi because Lamine is actually an, an attacker and he scores a lot of goals and 
and he's just lightning quick, uh, extremely ex- and extremely good dribble on the ball. And he's he's gonna star for Infantil B in the uh, in the La Liga Promises International uh, tournament, which is gonna be around New Year's. Maybe when maybe when maybe when when people are listening to this, they, they can go on YouTube and and see highlights from the or even watch the games live. And and of course I'm and I'm really not like looking for comparisons with this or this star, but 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 yeah, he's a he's a very interesting player. Uh, as you said, uh, was al- he almost broke the goal scoring record for most goals for a La Masia player for a seven aside La Masia player last season. Um, and right now there's there's another kid uh, whom I think could beat that record. Uh, over the season, he scored thirty something goals in in fifteen no in in twelve games this season. So he's um, he's he's very interesting. But that's that's going to be for another show in some years, Certainly. hopefully. <laughs> yeah, because we always do have our you know we'll have you back on at the end of the year to break down. Uh, hopefully, a player like Astui is able to come back. But I'm glad to be that you joined us. And again, these are always in the weeds kind of shows for uh, the almost the only most devout. Kool-Aid's, the ones who were willing to just uh, hitch their wagon to hope. And with Ansu Fadi this year, I think there's been some renewed hope and some renewed energy. And for all the the unfortunate decisions made by Kloiber and the issues about Valdez and, again, some of the injuries, unfortunately, that we have to speak up with some of these players, I think things for Lamasse have been largely promising uh, in a way that they might not have been in recent years. So we are just waiting on Ricky Pouge to be the next. But, Naveed, hopefully by the next time I speak to you, we have a... Good, better things even to talk about when it comes to Pooj and some of the, the players we named here. So uh, I want to thank you for joining me again. Hey, you're welcome. And just one single note, like the like the the whole development with Ansu is just a proof that that if you're good enough, you're old enough. Like players don't have to stay two years, three years at the B team before getting a couple of first team games. Like they can jump, they can make the jump and be good enough if they, if given the chance. Yep, for certain. And so while we do make you wait for Navi to come on, I want to. Just let everyone know, please follow Naveed on Twitter. He's a great follow on Twitter. That's at Naveed, and then it's J-A-A-A, three A's with an N, and we'll also put that in the description on varsablog.com. So also go to Twitter. Just type in Naveed Molagai, and that should help it out. You'll find him there, the one and only Naveed Molagai. So thanks so much for tuning in again. You can tap in your app and check out the show notes. To subscribe, you can find us on social media. We're also there on Twitter, at the Barcelona Pod, or at HiltonD13 for me, on Instagram, at the Barcelona Pod, closed Facebook group, tbpod.link backslash group for deeper dives and discussions. On Patreon for the quick take match reviews at tvpod.link backslash Patreon. As always, three dollars gets you in there. And then we're also on YouTube where I'm going to have a like compilation of all the, not all the names, but of some of the names that we earmarked here. Uh, and I'll profile them as I do every six or seven months as well. So that is at the Barcelona Pod. If you want to easily, uh, we'll say the abbreviated version of this on YouTube. So check us out there and hit that subscription button. So thanks for so much for listening to the Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. And for the Barca. Força.